Welcome to the Imperfect Church Podcast, a podcast for the imperfect church and the imperfect pastors that lead them. I'm Ryan Reed. And I'm John Martin. And this is the Imperfect Church Podcast. Ryan, it's good to be back. It's good to be here. Look, we have a a situation we need to deal with. Okay. Some jerk (laughs) put a review Uh, on our podcast. Let's not judge him too soon, all right? (laughs) I'm certain he's a jerk. Was it you? It was not me. Look. I will be doing one soon. Listen. (laughs) You need to hear what it says. Listen to what it says. Ryan, read read I, it and tell I us. I don't have it pulled up yet. Huh? Um, let me see. I can pull it up. It says something like, no, Ryan I, Reed does a good job no, carrying it, John through the podcast. Let's get it straight from the source, okay? <laughs> straight from the horse's mouth here. Uh, uh, it says, and I quote, Ryan does a great job carrying John throughout this podcast. <laughs> I truly appreciate hearing about his Bible college experience. So whoever you are, jerk face. Uh-oh. John, don't alienate our, our, our listeners. Come on. Oh, yeah, that's not cool. Hey, one second. I, my back is hurting a little bit because I've been carrying you so much. Yeah, right. So. <laughs> Whatever. Time for an That's right. Today, though, we have a, uh, you're not going to have to carry me, right? Okay, great. You're going to have to carry somebody else Wits for a change. Help. Yeah. You yeah. have to carry both of them. <laughs> have to carry both of them. Right. So today we have uh, Wit Lewis uh, with us. Wit is uh, is a pastor in New Albany. Has been a pastor also in Waynesboro and Philadelphia as well, and is a good friend of mine. And we're glad to have him here with us. And he he's going to help us have a discussion today on a topic that uh, that we really need to talk about as the church. Mm-hmm. The Christian community really needs to uh, to have a conversation about it and uh, and embrace this topic. And it's the topic of uh, orphan care and adoption. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's something I think that the church is doing a better job of. Yeah. Uh, but certainly uh, uh, we have a place of improvement, and uh, we're looking forward to having this discussion. So thanks for being with us, Wit. Absolutely, and I'm excited to talk about uh, a, a topic that's extremely passionate and important to my family and I. That's great. So, um, Wit, as, as we begin all of our podcast here, uh, we want to uh, build the importance for why we're talking about adoption care on the theology of adoption um, so yeah. uh, why don't you just why don't before we get to that theology, uh, or maybe you you, you can uh, flesh out some of that theology with your own personal experience? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so the first thing we have to realize and understand is that adoption is not man's creation or man's idea. Yeah. Uh, we see that God in His infinite wisdom um, and knowledge and, and sovereignty, this is His creation. This is His. Um, he modeled it before us. Uh, while we see it in the Old Testament and cases like Moses and a few others, it's really more of a New Testament uh, concept yeah. with with Jesus uh, and Joseph and a physical adoption. And then how Galatians moves that to a spiritual adoption, how we are and how God desires uh, for us to be adopted into uh, his family. So uh, that's the beauty is that we get to be a part of something that is so far beyond us that we can't even uh, describe it or imagine it. That's good. Uh, that's good. So uh, your own personal testimony here, um, you and your wife uh, have adopted. Yeah. Uh, so yes, absolutely. We what, what led to that? All right. So uh, our adoption was more so out of necessity um, than it was, uh, I would say, biblical obedience. Uh, my wife and I, for 11 years, was struggling through infertility. Uh, we did what most 
married couples do after two years of marriage. We began thinking it was time for us to start a family and I just thought all that process would happen naturally. Mm -hmm. Uh, But for 11 years, God led us through uh, or we experienced infertility, uh, did uh, obviously went to doctors and saw different um, medical professionals. And I really just came to this point of our really the only option we could see for us to have a family uh, was adoption. Mm And so we be, we began, uh, and I was at that process way earlier than my wife was. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that she was uh, against adoption, uh, but uh, she I wanted to exhaust sort of our biological opportunities, if that makes sense. Right. And uh, so we began we began finally uh, deciding that we would begin with uh, Russia. Uh, Russia gave us the greatest probability of twins and or young siblings, mm-hmm. uh, but also as my wife as my wife says, uh, it was very far away. uh, uh, It was a great distance there. And so we, uh, uh, 2012, we flew to Vladivostok, Russia, spent a week with two boys that we've been matched with and uh, a two-year-old and a four-year-old. Spent that week with them, came back home, told them mom and papa were going to come back to adopt them, uh, not knowing that that would be the last time we would ever see them due to the the fact that uh, United States and Russia uh, Russia puts into uh, effect um, a ban, if you will, in December of 2012, not allowing any Americans to adopt Russian children, really in spite of um, a human rights uh, act that United States put into Russia, just a retaliation right. uh, there. And so now we've gone through infertility, we've gone through mis- uh, miscarriages, and now we've gone loss of adoptions. Mm. And uh, we're just kind of uh, overwhelmed and I'm really not sure what God is doing. Uh, to make a long story really, really short, because obviously there's a lot of uh, story here, mm-hmm. but uh, at our very wits end, we met with Tom Veely, who's the director of New Beginnings Child Adoption Services in Tupelo. Uh, it's really just as a sounding board. Uh, we were emotionally distraught. Mm-hmm. We didn't know where to go. We just needed somebody to help us flesh out what was happening. And uh, about two hours of just listening to them as um, confidants and as just a great sounding board, Tom says, look, can I just put you on my domestic adoption list? Mm. We had no desire. We we weren't emotionally ready. Um, We were not physically ready. We were just tired. And... um, very reluctant, but uh, just through some encouragement, uh, we met with his social workers. Um, through that, we began the uh, domestic, really the domestic adoption process. And about a month from us meeting with uh, Tom Veeley in Tupelo, um, my first son Harrison was born and placed into our arms. And um, and so he's five years old now. And we have three uh, domestically adopted children. And it's just a, it's a story of God's faithfulness mm-hmm. that we could not see in the moment, but we're able to see now uh, being on this side of it. Mm, that's that's, that's yeah. a, a great story. And, and I know, uh, uh, you know, when you, when you think about the, the journey that it takes, it seems like uh, just being able to tell it in such a, a quick time, uh, you, yeah. you miss the tears, you miss the, the heartache. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. But, but it's, I think that's, this is why I love the topic of adoption because I think there's no other um, picture that we see uh, of the gospel that's like this, yeah. uh, you know, this, yeah. this, uh, bringing into a family, uh, having a new name, having a, a, a new, uh, a new life, uh, just a beautiful yeah. picture of what Christ does for us. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that's what has been so, um, I guess, deep for me is, is obviously we can see that from a um, 3,000 foot or 30,000 foot view of, we look at Galatians chapter four and places like that. And we, and we know that, but to have actually experienced a, a changing of a status and a changing of a family personally, mm. uh, it, it makes that so much deeper and so much real that uh, I have three children now that do not carry my DNA, mm. but they carry my inheritance yeah. and they carry mm. my name. Mm. And uh, so that has really just uh, come out a lot in my preaching, yeah. uh, a lot, and just the the understanding of who God is at a deeper, deeper level than I would have never experienced any other way. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's powerful. And, you know, that, that spiritual picture of what, what happens in our own lives of taking us from slave and making, a, and making a son, mm-hmm. yeah. right? And I, I don't know that we can really embrace that or understand that until— until we see the the picture of adoption and uh, and for so long I think the church maybe has has ignored that picture or they have missed out on that yeah, yeah we've missed out on that picture because uh, because we haven't embraced this ministry as we as we should have and so yeah. uh, that's a that's a powerful story but you know one of the things we like to do is reflect back to uh, maybe an, an uh, historical figure that uh, maybe mm. can be an encouragement uh, for us. And we have uh, a little segment we call Dead Man Talking. And so Ryan is going to share with us a statement that that shows us that this is not new for the right. church. The church yeah. has been involved in a, in orphan ministry for a long mm-hmm. time, and uh, and it's just something we need to we need to get back right. Yeah. We need mm-hmm. to start practicing mm-hmm. again. So, Ryan, won't you let's share with us uh, dead man talking? Yeah, today. and you know, as we talk about uh, dead man talking, the church historically has been on the front lines of adoption care. I mean, you think of giants of the faith like George Mueller uh, and even Charles Spurgeon and several of these yeah. great men who have uh, who have given their lives to care for the orphan, to care for the widow. Right. Uh, this is true religion, you know, James yeah, tells us. Yeah. Um, but the, the quote we have today is from uh, Lactantius. He's one of the church fathers around uh, 200 uh, AD in North Africa. And he writes, uh, For God, to whom everlasting mercy belongs, on this account commands that the widows and the orphans should be defended and cherished, that no one through regard and pity for his own pledges should be prevented from undergoing death in behalf of justice and faith, but should encounter it with promptitude and boldness, since he knows that he leaves behind uh, his beloved ones to the care of God and that they will never want protection. Wow. Yeah. I mean, what he's saying there mm-hmm. is that we, we should be willing to put our own lives at stake with full knowledge that if we are taken away, if our lives are taken from us, our children are going to be taken care of by the church. Right. right? Mm-hmm. It was this expectation wow. that the church was going to see to the mm-hmm. people. They were going to see to the orphans. Right. They were going to see mm-hmm. to the widows. Yeah. And uh, and that's I think that that idea is an idea we need to to embrace again. People will be so so confident that the church is going to see to the widow. Right. The church is going to see to the orphans. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you know I think the hard part of this is is what do we need to do? You know mm-hmm. what what can the church do to help encourage the orphan ministry inside of our churches? And and we, you may have uh, a better answer for that as you've led your churches to probably have mm-hmm. an emphasis in orphan ministry. And uh, but what are some things you say? Here's the role of the church uh, yeah. in in adoption and orphan ministry. 
Well, first thing, uh, it comes back to, again, a philosophical understanding of the church is the church is not an event Mm -hmm. that we go to. Mm -hmm. And and we've got to break this mindset that church is just this Sunday morning thing that I do, and I go and I hear uh, a a sermon or I'm involved in student ministry and things, but it is a community Mm -hmm. that I'm involved in. It's something that I'm giving my life to. And so if I'm always consisting of church as an event of something that I go to, then we will never embrace this uh, command yeah. um, to 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 care for those around us. We will just view it as I've come, I've done my stuff, and uh, I'm now I'm moving on to the things I want to be a part of. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's first off uh, that we have to, as, as followers of Christ, break that idea of the church in its event. Um, so just a few little simple things, and, and like I said, some of these churches are probably already doing these. Uh, these are some that we've done, but also things that we've seen done. It, is take a Sunday, um, designated as Orphan Sunday, yeah, yeah, and it just and just take that Sunday, and uh, I, I know that there's some resources out there, and just dedicate that Sunday as uh, what is available. Help us see beyond our what is right under our nose. Yeah, Help and us have a, I'll say that yeah. that day is coming up, November the fourth, I yeah, believe, is yeah. Orphan Sunday, and uh, yeah. and it's a great opportunity just to even if we don't do something large, right? Just acknowledge Absolutely. it. Absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I would also uh, take it a step further and celebrate stories. Yeah. Uh, if, if there are local stories, if there's somebody that is is adopting, hey, look, if somebody's fostering, yeah. uh, I'm a huge proponent of what, what's in the, the, the mission field of the fostering that is here. And uh, people say, well, my, I may not can adopt, but hey, you have an empty bedroom and you have time and talents and maybe your children have moved out mm. and you can foster. Mm-hmm. And uh uh, I know that there's so many ramifications, biblical ramifications of being able to provide for a short term, yeah. uh, maybe love and structure and, and gospelness to uh, these kids in Foster. But uh, celebrate stories, celebrate them in your sermons, celebrate them on videos, but just celebrate the stories, support those uh, that are walking through adoption, whether it's financially or whether it's just encouragement, uh, whether it's, uh, hey, from time to time, hey, we'll babysit <laughs> and you and your spouse get to go out. Simple, simple things. Things. Uh, here, here's another, I think, to help us get a broader perspective is to uh, serve your local crisis pregnancy center. Mm. Um, come alongside your local crisis pregnancy center and and, and prayer walk or be a volunteer. Yeah. Um, you may not adopt, but you can help be uh, in that arena and help be a Barnabas, if you will, uh, in this arena. So those are just some very, very practical ways just to raise the awareness, to bring the awareness of the opportunities that are before us. Yeah, I think that's good. And, and Whit, you know, you alluded to, uh, we, we alluded earlier to the tears that, that happen in the midst yeah. of the adoption process. And yeah. my, my family has been through uh, some adoption processes and, yeah. and, fo- and foster care as well. Yeah. Uh, what do you think the church can do to help prepare families for for that difficult yeah. struggle, you know that yeah. those those difficult times. Because for my family, uh, it was it was more difficult for us to foster than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, because that child Absolutely. that child's going back to his mother and father maybe at mm-hmm. some point. And so, uh, so how do you think we can as a church not only encourage yeah. people to be fosters but also provide a system, right? All right. So again, one of the first things we have to do is go back to our understanding of church is not an event. It's a community. It's people that I've given my life to. Um, I, I tell you, one of the biggest, um, I guess, realities that hit me is when we think about adoption, we always think about the romantic side of adoption. Right. Yeah. We think that 
we think that uh, I remember going to Russia and having this thing in my mind that they were going to open the doors and and I was going to be running down the hall in slow motion <laughs> and, the, and and the child was going to be running down the hall and we were just going to embrace and hug and it was going to be this beautiful moment with all of this you know wonderful theatrical music behind yeah. us and it was nothing like that. Oh, yeah. um, they they were the kids were scared mm-hmm. of me. They never one many of them had never seen a man before yeah. um, and different. It scared them and so we have to understand that while we think in, uh, romantically about adoption, it is very um, uh, warfare-ish, yeah. if that makes yeah. sense. It is very uh, ugly oftentimes. And, but we should not be surprised because we know that the physical, uh, the spiritual adoption was costly mm. with Christ should is costing us as well, not yeah. only resources, but emotional energy and things. And so I think one of the best opportunities for the church is what you would do with anybody is you would come alongside, um, you would be a community of encouragement. You would be a community um, of uh, rest, so to speak. You would be prayer warriors and you would come alongside of these families that some days it may not just be going well and allow them to have a safe place to to vomit up some of these real raw emotions yeah. without being without fear of judgment, without fear of uh, what are they going to think. But just to say, you know what, today was terrible. And um, I, I just just that overwhelming feeling. And so understanding that it's not always easy. Uh, there's a lot of heartache and loss and tears uh, that go into it. Well, so just loving those around you, but also freeing them up as much as possible. Um, resource wise, I think that's huge. Our church has done fantastic of coming alongside of us and helping us raise funds. And mm-hmm. um, just to, again, the community of believers doing what the community of believers mm-hmm. has been called to do. Yeah, that's good. You know, in uh um, Russell Moore and, and Andrew Walker have a great series, uh, the Gospel for Life series, and, and their little book yeah. on adoption, the Gospel and Adoption. Uh, it's fantastic. I mean, it's a hundred pages, yeah. and, and could not be, uh, you know, just a, a great resource for adoption. And they mention the idea of churches having, you know, pre and post adoption uh, care, uh, and, and and having uh, pre adoption counseling and post adoption counseling, having somebody who who has been there and who's able to say, hey, this is what to expect. Um, and then just doing what you said, you know, being the church, coming mm-hmm. alongside, uh, being that visible uh, representation of who Jesus is uh, for those people going through that. Uh, you know, we talk about uh, adoption. Uh, for many of us, uh, we, we may know somebody going through adoption or uh, yeah. we may see it on Facebook, uh, but we forget that, that this process can be a draining and very emotional uh, process, uh, and we only yeah. see the outcome. And so part of yeah. part of adoption care, I think, would be um, bringing that understanding of uh, these these people still have to go to work on Monday, and they need mm. they need a phone call, they need a, a fresh baked meal on a Monday afternoon. Absolutely, you know, those little things that just make the church the church. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, good deal. Well, I think um, I think this is good, and we I think the thing that's pointed out to me the most is is just the church being the church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's something. I mean, the support. The support. Well, can't, but can't that answer our questions for a lot of that's things, right? right? Yeah. Not just adoption. Yeah, <laughs> but, you're right. Uh, so many things that we walk through uh, for for sure. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's why, I mean, uh, we look at the early church, and, and part of the reason why they were so involved in orphan ministry is because there was no other organization that was going to do that. Uh, yeah. You know, the, the ancient uh, Greco-Roman idea of weak children was to leave them to die. 
And the early Christians yeah. refused to allow that to happen. Yeah. Um, and and I, I can't imagine uh, what our world would look like if uh, believers, every believer, not just pastors, not just super believers, uh, but they refused to let the, the weak and those without voices go without a voice. Yeah. Uh, so that, I think that's, that's good. Let me let me speak to one or two things real quick, guys. I, I just uh, you know sometimes we always think retrospectively and things that we wish we'd have said. Um, two two things that going back to the church's involvement and how the church can help out. Number one, um, if you know someone that is expecting, uh, help point them to uh, either a crisis pregnancy center or an adoption agency. Yeah. I, I go back to our kids. And, um, you know, they most of them had a church member that uh, helped steer them to make a a healthy decision, Uh, not just an emotional decision, but a healthy decision. And so that may be your involvement is coming alongside a a pregnant uh, mom, birth mom and loving her and uh, helping her think biblically and, and healthy through this process um, and and then helping be that bridge to the adoption agency or the crisis pregnancy center. Uh, that's huge. Here's another that I think is very, very important is that we as a church need not to look down on anyone that places their child for adoption. Absolutely. Um, we have received some of those um, comments that says something along this line. Well, I can't believe anyone would place a child for, for adoption. Mm. Let me just tell you that is, it is so misguided and misinformed. Uh, I reflect back on Harrison's birth mother. We love all three of the birth mothers of our children. We've met two of them and we're said trying to set up a meeting for our third one. But I remember Harrison's birth mother and here, here's what she told us. She said, uh, I'm uneducated, I'm unwed, I'm unemployed, and I don't want to raise my child in this cycle. Mm. I want to give him better. And I'm telling you, that is a sacrificial love that uh, we were blown away uh, by her mindset. And so we need to, again, bring awareness to it. We need to have a healthy view of this, but also to support those, and not only the families that are adopting, but also those birth mothers that are, are walking through the process of such an emotional decision yeah. uh, for this. And so just to have a healthy view uh, of what this is, I think it's extremely important for each of us individually and the church corporately. Yeah, and let's piggyback on that. And I think a discussion that needs to be had is something that maybe you guys didn't plan on, but an opportunity that you've now had is is that in Russia there was no possibility of having to interact with the mom of yeah. those two twin boys yeah. where things shift a little bit you become domestic and honestly there's a bit of a fear there right. that is, that, that mom is still she's at least in North America maybe in Mississippi and who knows maybe down the road right. Yeah, and and so yeah. that's similar to uh, to our story as well. And then and then what happens to us is is God says, "No, you're not going to go international. You're going to foster yeah. a child within your family." Yeah. And mm. and what that mm. does is is it opens up an opportunity for ministry that maybe we didn't see. Mm-hmm. And so mm. what you mm. said you've had is as a result of this adoption, you've adopted these children into your home. They are yours. They, they share your inheritance, but man, what a mm. blessing that you guys have extended that to speak into the heart, into the lives of those moms as well. Yeah, yeah. So the very first thing uh, that I'm that every time we meet with a birth mother, and again, we've only done this twice. The very first thing I share with them is this: um, 
no matter what happens with this adoption process, I want to thank you for choosing life. Yeah. I want to thank you for choosing because there are options available and I can't imagine all that is going on within uh, these young women, their, their mindset, their bodies, but yet they chose life. Mm. We need to celebrate that. Yeah. We need to uh, make sure that that gets publicized and they're making a sacrificial for many of these are making a Harrison. Uh, I'm getting our firstborn. This was her firstborn. So she gave us the only thing she did not have another of. Wow. She gave us, uh, her her son and literally we were in the in the hospital room and she handed him to us mm. and I'm telling you that uh, you want to see John three sixteen come to life uh, you see that happen right there in that hospital room so uh, again being able to minister but also as a church and as believers of Christ making ourselves available it may God may want to be doing something in our lives that we never even thought we never even thought would ever happen yeah. but it's for his glory and so like in, for us it was a necessity but we have others that are, just have a, a calling a, a feeling that hey we can do this and uh, we will uh, do this so being open to whatever God wants to do uh, so to speak I think is extremely vital as well yeah man there's so much beauty in the hard things aren't there that's right absolutely yeah. you know, and, absolutely to, to, to brag on John our uh, you know, our, our my trusty sidekick on this podcast, my my Sancho Paza uh, to Don Quixote. Um, you know, John walking through this process. Uh, one of the things that really impacted me uh, when he was asking prayer for it uh, is talked. Uh, he talked about the uh, the idea of praying difficult prayers. Yeah, uh, hmm. and and his situation of wanting to keep this child, but the right prayer was I, I pray that, that this child's parents um, yeah. can can can. Uh, know the Lord and 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 come and support their child and and sometimes yep. it, that takes that takes spiritual fortitude that um, yeah. that, that I you know you, you I guess uh, you find out if you have it or not in the fi- in the, in the fire sometimes wow. um, but you know I, we we studied this past Sunday in Sunday school the um, the Good Samaritan and one of the things that stood mm. out to me and one of the things that we talked about in our Sunday school classes. Um, Man, God just doesn't care a whole lot about our own comfort. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of things. Well, he's, trying to, he's trying to break us That's from right. That's Absolutely. one of the things he wants yeah. to do is break yeah. us from that. And, and so, you know, we are forced into sometimes uncomfortable, sometimes hard positions, and yet it is in that fire, in that furnace, uh, that the Lord shows us that he is sufficient for us. Uh, and that, that's, that is something to be applauded as well. Yeah. Hey, can I, can I piggyback on that? Um, I made this comment. Maybe in a sermon, or somebody asked me this. I can't remember exactly, um, but but here, here here's the reality. I have stood in a pulpit just like you guys have, and I have preached on the faithfulness of God. I've preached on uh, the goodness of God. But let me tell you, had I not walked through this adoption process, had I not walked through this, the 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 highs and the lows, the tears, the laughters, the uh, all of that happens with that, I would have never understood fully the faithfulness of God. Mm, yeah. mm. I, I would have never experienced, I mean, walking through infertility, thinking that God had abandoned us, thinking mm. that God had forgotten about us, thinking that God was mad at us for some reason. And then now three beautiful children, mm-hmm. one, one that acts just like me, <laughs> um, one, unfortunately, one that looks just like her mother and seeing God's faithfulness. Again, 
that whole, will you trust me? I want to break your comfort. Wow. I want to break comfort zone. And I want to get to a place where it's, you have to depend totally on me. And, um, and so now I can, when I preach the faithfulness of God, it's not just the biblical words because of experience that I've been, that God has walked with us through, uh, through here. So absolutely understand now afresh and anew the faithfulness of God. Oh, that's awesome. Thanks man for sharing that. That's good stuff. Uh, this is this is great, uh, powerful stuff, and 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 I, I love you can't you can't preach through the Bible without seeing adoption, and I love those texts that I'm able to come to and, and to speak about the the wonders of God and the adoption that God has given, and one of the things that I've said uh, from from the pulpit, and I still firmly believe, is that every believer needs to be involved in in orphan care in some form or fashion. Uh, you know, not all mm. of us are called to adopt. Uh, we should all consider mm. that. Uh, but every one of us is called to support those who are adopting, to support birth mothers, yeah, to give them dignity. And I think that so long has been called radical in our churches, and yet that's not radical. That's ordinary. <laughs> yeah, it's biblical. That's right, yeah. it's biblical. No, man, I appreciate you Witt, spending some time with us today. And uh, I appreciate your heart, brother, and I'm grateful for you. Uh, you know, we, uh, we all are being stretched constantly and, uh, in our pursuits. And sometimes it's through the, the life that we live, the testimony that you've given today. You've been stretched, but, uh, but also I know that, uh, you are a, a learner and, uh, you're constantly, uh, <laughs> you're laughing at that. <laughs> Wit and I went to seminary together. I know me. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, so beyond how your fantasy team is doing, um, yeah, sh- um, yeah. Sure. Uh, not too about there. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not talk about that, huh? So uh, maybe something that's uh, that you're reading right now, or just some resources you can say, "Hey, guys, this is good." Not necessarily on adoption, but maybe on adoption. It didn't have to be though. What's uh, some things you say? This is this is what I'm reading. This is some good insight for some pastors. Maybe they're listening. You know, uh, one of the the greatest books that has influenced my life really in the last two and three years, uh, because there has been so much change um, in my family as far as family dynamics, church dynamics, and things like that. One of the greatest books that has really captivated me in the season I was walking through is a book called Replenish uh, by Lance Witt. And uh, Replenish basically is, is leading from a healthy soul. And and I remember so oftentimes that I was leading from an empty bucket. Yeah. Uh, I was trying to lead from a, a dry well. And um, and from those times, you don't have a whole lot to give. And so Lance Witt's book, Le- Replenish, Leading from an Emotionally Healthy Soul, has uh, really been a foundational one for me. Our staff has read through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of these books that I've committed to try to read every summer. Yeah. It's just a reminder. And so obviously there's a ton of preachers and ministry leaders out there that we have tons of theology books. We have tons of uh, commentary. We have tons of leadership books. Uh, but sometimes we need to be able to manage our own souls. Mm. And so this is really, uh, when, when I thought of saw this is one that jumps out to me that I would encourage all pastors, ministry leaders to pick up and to read and to digest and, uh, maybe to read more than once. Yeah. Good deal. Well, we appreciate that. That's actually, we've mentioned that book on our yeah. podcast before because, uh, you've recommended that to me before <laughs> and I, yeah. and I've read it and, uh, it is, it is a very good book for, uh, for all pastors. So that's good. that's good. Well, John, what are you reading? Uh, I'm not reading right now. I don't. You're I don't not read, reading. John. Yeah. God, no, wait. I do. Huh? You wonder why people put stuff like they do. I don't know, I think. <laughs> now I see why. Now I see why I'm going to be carrying through these podcasts. That's it. No, I'm. I'm not. I'm. I've never read anything by Vance Havner. 
I don't know who that is. You don't know who that no. is? Yeah, but I'm reading a book right now called The Secret of Christian Joy. It's okay. an old book that an older pastor in my church gave me mm-hmm. and uh, said, you need to read this. And so I am uh, I picked it up and read it. It's pretty pretty good stuff. That's good. So, That's good. Uh, what about you? I'm- oh, don't, you, don't, you always, don't you always get concerned when somebody hands you a book and says, you need <laughs> yeah. to read this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. thing I do think, <laughs> why are you giving me yeah. this? Is this, is this like a, a passive <laughs> way so, uh, yeah, when anybody says, hey, preacher, you need to read this, my first thought goes up to, I really wanted to think they're genuine. <laughs> my first thought is, what are you trying to what tell me? What are you me? saying? What do I need to Yeah, know? right. That's, That's good. Great. Uh, That's great. Well, well I, you, I have never read any uh, Jerry Bridges, uh, and, you know, he's a, uh, you know, has been a pillar um, for a while, and he passed away a few years ago. And so I finally picked up. Uh, the Discipline of Grace, yeah, and it was fantastic. Good. Uh, I just finished it a couple of days ago, and now I am reading Deep Down Dark, the untold story of the 33 Chilean miners who were trapped. And, you read some oh of the my weirdest gosh. mess. Let me tell you, this is a fantastic <laughs> book, so I, I'm really excited about it. Uh, um, they're still trapped. I know they all get out, but right now the author is so good that I don't know how it's going to happen, so... The edge of that's your right. seat. Of your seat. Are they going to make it? it? Are they going to make it? Uh, that's good. Well, thanks, Whit, for being with us again today. We appreciate your time, and uh, yeah, thank y'all. yeah, man, and uh, we uh, we we want to encourage all of our churches to uh, to be involved in adoption ministry, and uh, and all of our pastors to lead their churches that direction. But uh, you know, all of our churches are imperfect, and uh, we just need to constantly Absolutely. be working towards uh, towards becoming the perfect church. And so, thanks for thanks for being with us again. Thank you for having me. We appreciate uh, all of our listeners listening to us. We ask that you would like, rate, and review us on iTunes. Uh, give us great reviews, uh, and we will assuredly stop read talking them on about the air. me. Um, so, talk about John all you want. Um, but we appreciate that, and we will see you guys next time. And until then, keep loving your imperfect church, and remember one day she will be perfected in glory. All right, thanks, ma'am.